Hey everybody, it's Monday. We're here in Newport Ritchie at WeBeam TV Studios for our 51st episode of 62 Who Knew. Tonight is a world-renowned life insurance expert, Miss Marjorie Schaefer-Gelbwax. This is 62 New at its best. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Mike Banner, Monday night, as always, 7 p.m., 62 Who Knew. We're going to have a great show tonight. First, as always, I'd like to thank last week's guest, Mr. Colin Castle, Regional Director of Home Instead, the largest non-medical in-home care company in the country. It's always so much fun to have him, not just because Home Instead does so many great things across the country for its patients, um, but Colin and his wife are just such tremendous people. The philanthropic things that they do for people is uh, is staggering and and as I'm fond of saying it's 62 uh, who knew at its best uh, which leads us to tonight's guest as well but before I introduce tonight's guest uh, as our idiot uh, audience <laughs> our idiots uh, that's a bunch of idiots I guess an idiots as our audience that was a that was a that'll be on the 62 who knew um, blooper reel. As our audience <laughs> continues to grow and approach 50,000, because we've gone from 40 to 42 to 44, uh, we always want to welcome our first, uh, our new guests and give you just a little synopsis of what 62 Who Knew is. First, I also want to tell you we're still not back in our permanent studios. We're still here working around as John is remodeling the entire studio. He was nice enough to put me in the section uh, with Superman and Batman because he knows that's my favorite, especially Superman. Thank you, John, for doing that. But what is 62 Who Knew? Why do we do this every week? Here's the story. As you approach 62, some people do it in their 50s, their mid-50s, but whenever. The closer you get to 62, the more you think about retiring, the more you think about your ultimate mortality. And it doesn't make a difference if it's me at age 61 or if you're in your 50s or 40s. All of us, my father, his father, his father before him, they all had the same questions as they approached 62. Have I saved enough money? Do I need to continue to work? Should I take my Social Security at 62, or should I defer it for a later age? Do I have enough life insurance? Did I let go of my life insurance because somebody, some so-called expert, told me to? Do I have long-term care insurance? Is it too late if I don't? Do I have disability? We all ask the same questions <coughs> as we approach the age of 62. Every generation asks the same question, except for my generation. Today's generation has a totally different obstacle, has all the same obstacles, but one more 
that other generations didn't, and that's longer lifespans. Medical advances, technologies, uh, scientific breakthroughs in the last three decades have just enhanced and enlonged, prolonged lifespans. And in fact, if you make it to 65 in this country, notice I didn't say healthy, just make it to 65, you have a 50-50 chance of making it to over 90. And you know that a couple of our guests are a couple of times we have had some incredible great people from the Weizmann Institute in Israel and with things that they are doing and other institutes like the Weizmann Institute. We're very sure, we're all very sure, that in the next 10 to 20 years, that 90 plus could actually be 100 plus. So who knew at 62 that you could still have half the time left on this planet that you've ever been here? My father, his father, his father before, they didn't have to worry about longer lifespans. We do. And the truth is, less than 1% of this country can retire in their early to mid-60s and financially make it to their mid-90s with a quality of life. <coughs> so without further ado, sorry, got to do it. Without further ado, we are going to bring on tonight's guest, who I've known for more than 10 years and is uh, part of an incredible family uh, that I've mentioned many times in the last 51 weeks. Our guest tonight is Miss Marjorie Gelbwack. She has such a vast background that even though I know her very well, I am going to read some of this. Uh, Marjorie is a 1998 graduate of Florida Atlantic University, where she received her fine arts degree. Directly after graduation, Marjorie entered into the insurance business at an unusually young age and spent the past 21 years, more than two decades, as the, uh, exec as, at Gelbwack's Executive Marketing Corp, working as an integral part of the upper management team. Marjorie's area of speci uh, specialty during her entire tenure has been the areas of life insurance and disability insurance, two major factors, not only throughout life, but most certainly at 62 and above. This focus has enabled her uh, to achieve membership status in the Million Dollar Roundtable at its highest level. You thought I was probably fooling before, but the top of the table recognizes Marjorie as the top 1% of insurance professionals in the entire world. There is so much more to talk about with Marjorie, but as we all know, especially people that have watched the show before, boy, the hour goes quick. So um, this is absolutely 62 Who Knew at its best. So without further ado, let's welcome one of my favorite people in the world, Miss Marjorie Schaefer-Gelbex. Hello, Marjorie. Hello, my dear. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. I just can't decide whether we should do it or not, but I just make a decision. So we've been, uh, we are you going to do it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> We're just both Seinfeld fans. <laughs> and a good yeah, time. Yeah, it just had to be done. So uh, hopefully there's, I don't know how many out of 44,000 people sitting at home right now going, hello. Okay. Hello, you know, we, you know, we always talk, you know, on this show about long-term care insurance, life insurance, social security, and these are very important topics, but not the most motivating. Sometimes we're talking about death and, and disease and who's going to take care of you and who's going to give you a bath and, you know, very emotional and real topics for sure, but not exactly the happy hour you know, of somebody's night, even the people that are, are loyal fans to us. So we got to have a little uh, levity every now and levity. then. Levity, yes. Got to have levity in life. So I'm going to ask the first question that I ask everybody, no matter who they are and in what field they are, uh, because you came into 
uh, an industry that quite frankly is known for old white guys. Um, so what made you at 21 years old, I mean it wasn't just the family, uh, I know your vast background and other capabilities, you certainly didn't need to go into insurance. I know dad that we're going to talk about, one of my favorite people on the planet also, um, you know, I'm sure helped you, um, you know, with the decision, but you had options everywhere. What made you at 21 years old want to go into life insurance and disability? You know, um, it was a family business. It is a family business and it's in its 51st year. So this is something I was quite honestly born and raised in. Mm -hmm. um, it was every dinner conversation, every vacation the family took together. It was surrounded by this. And um, I, I grew up watching my parents in this business and how they interacted with with people, with other business associates, with clients, with companies. And I really got to see, again, from the youngest of ages, I saw firsthand the importance of proper planning through vehicles like life insurance, like disability insurance. And long-term care came later, yeah. um, as most of us know. So, you know, I, I came to it understanding and believing that life insurance is a wealth protection safety net that allows clients and their families to basically achieve their financial goals by replacing income or paying off debt. And I've seen it time and time again um, of the difference that it makes to a family when they have some type of coverage and some type, some amount versus those who have none. And it could be really tragic to an overall financial plan to, to not have that type of coverage in place. And I just, I constantly got to see this. Yeah, there's nothing. So better. it just really felt like making a difference. That's incredible. I know before I met your dad, actually, it was, I know your dad for almost a dozen years, but it was about 20 years ago uh, when a, a president and CEO of a fairly large insurance agency and I were, were doing a joint venture in my mortgage company. And he asked me, um, my youngest child wasn't born yet. I had my two daughters, and he asked me how much life insurance you know uh, I had, and I was kind of proud of it. I, I, uh, I, you know, I said it. I said a quarter of a million dollars. He goes, really? And he was standing in my office where there was pictures of my daughters and us at Disney World and and us here and us there. And he goes, so you're one of those? And I go, you know, what do you mean one of those? He goes, so you really, really care about these kids and love them while you're here. But if you're gone, hell with them, huh? And now this was a man 15 years older than me, quite wealthy, quite successful, CEO of a company <clears throat> with 7,000 captured agents. And I went, what? He wasn't trying to sell me anything. He said, it's what people don't understand, Michael. And it's, it's, uh, he said, could your two children, since your wife doesn't work, okay, um, get through their years, through college, have a halfway decent car, maybe a good start in life, God forbid, without having a lot of student loans on a quarter of a million dollars? What was one six and one's nine? Right. And I went, no, not even close. He went then, you know, all these pictures is just, if you're here, but if you're not here, and it, I tell you that, that conversation literally changed my life that minute. I went, okay, send me one of your agents. And we sat there. Yeah, it, it really is a life changer. And it's surprising how many people don't look at it that way. 
Yeah, it's true. It it really, it does resonate. And that, you know, comes to a point of why some people do choose to buy coverage. You know, there, there are certain triggers in life that happened and, and this seemed to be one for you. Another one that I see commonly is if somebody has a health scare themselves um, after an injury or a serious illness and they realize it can happen to me and this comes this realization that it's also statistically possible that a sickness or disability or a death um, may happen and that life insurance is a worthwhile and cost-effective purchase Um, or the friend's advice you know because their friend had a triggering event or somebody close to them a family member a friend somebody did pass away and there's this stark realization and, and fright that kind of happens. It's not a fun topic to talk about, but no, it, it, it really provides so much, so much um, just a, a blanket around people. Yeah, especially people you love. One of the other things, not that he needed to close me because I was in shock at that point when he said that to me because, you know, I consider my, you know, my children my most important things in life. And when he actually said that, it really did take me by uh, you know, by surprise. One of the other things he said that I've repeated so many times, I repeated it to your dad. He said, yes, I've, I've said it many times. He said, he gave me a, an example of um, a mom, a dad, and two children in a car, different sides of the country. They get into a car accident, you know, totally different sides of the country, same age, same everything. Both parents, both sets of parents die, children live. One set of parents had life insurance. One set of parents didn't. He said, so here's the decision what you have to make. I go, what? He goes, the people without life insurance, their children are orphans. The people with life insurance, their children are heirs. Do you want your children to be heirs or orphans? Which was another thing that just hit me just like like he punched me. And uh, it really is incredible. So let's forget 62 who knew just for a second you know, our, our age bracket that is watching this show, you know, is, is really about 48 to about 60, which we're very, very happy about. But let's forget that just for a second. What is your average client that you talk to that calls up and says, okay, Marjorie, I think I need life insurance. Is, is that a guy in his 20s having children? Is it 30s? What is your average in today's world of longer lifespans? What is your ideal client? To say what is my ideal client is just anybody that can help, to be honest with you. Um, My spectrum of ages varies greatly. I I happen to work primarily with financial advisors, financial planners, estate planners, CPAs. I'm working with the client's trusted advisor most of the time. but and and there and together we're a team and we're assessing the needs and values of of what their overall plan looks like and coming up with this cohesiveness of of making sure they're covered in every which way um you can plan for retirement and you can put money into this account and that account but also layering this with life insurance and understanding the value that creates is is very important so i'll I'll have younger people call me that are 20 um maybe people in their 20s that recently bought a house um, but i also have that with people that are in their 50s and 60s that recently bought a house and want to make sure that mortgage is covered um, or again from 
the other perspective in the age gap, I, I had someone <laughs> today and they were 86 years old. It's, it's a can very, they, can they yeah. get life insurance? You know, they can, it's a very different world now. And that person, you know, I can deal with say an estate planner who says, Marjorie, I have this um, individual, they're an athlete, they signed with the NFL. I need, you know, a, a 10 million, 20 million second to die kind of policy. And then I have an 86 year old calling me because of word of mouth and they were referred to me and they're saying, you know, I need coverage because I'm worried. Um, I'm in my church. I'm at my church group. And we recently had someone pass away and my friend sitting next to me said I wanted to call. I should call you because there wasn't enough person, enough money to bury the person that had recently passed away at the church and they were doing a collective and she called me saying i don't want this to happen to my kids so can i just have a kind of small policy to take care of my you know some debts that i have to bury me i mean this is this is, this is her being really thoughtful yeah, yeah saying i don't want a collection to to happen at my church for me so it's very wide and you know, I'm, I'm just, if I could help people help their families as well and give them some peace of mind. And I say that every time, you know, whenever I'm done with the process, no matter where or how that client is coming to me, whenever this, the whole process is over and they have that policy, they always say, I sleep so much better now. Yeah, I did. There's no doubt about it. From the next day afterwards that I did that 30 years ago, I felt better about myself. I don't think I ever shut up telling my friends they were underinsured. They were, they kept saying to me, did you get rid of your mortgage license and get an insurance license? I go, no, I'm not selling. I'm just telling you, you don't have enough insurance. Take care of your children, you're no good for nothing. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's just, it, it really is a very emotional subject, but yeah, you know, like long-term care insurance, I mean, uh, like so many other things, final expense insurance, it, it, sometimes it is hard to sit down with somebody and talk about death and disease. And like you said, until they have that trigger and suddenly it's real. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, there's this probably focusing more on our audience on 62 and on our show is that a common, I would say, financial objective that I hear from a spouse when usually working with a couple or, or one of them is that they're saving for retirement. Yeah. And so I always ask, are you satisfied with the progress that you've made towards retirement? And never once in 21 years have I been told, I'm all set. Yep, everything's great. Well, I'm all set. Everything's great. Really happy. And I explain that if you look at it from this kind of organic perspective, from a 360 degree view and say, life insurance can really be a self-completing plan. You know, this, there's this saying that goes, you know, there are three, only three things that are going to happen to you between now, whatever, however old you are, mm. and retirement. And that is that you're going to live, you know, thank goodness, um, or you're going to become sick or disabled, or you're going to pass away. And a cash value life insurance policy can provide peace of mind in all three of those scenarios. So if you live and you enjoy all the living benefits of life insurance, including potential tax-free retirement income that you're just adding and layering on top of your existing plan, and then your loved ones receive the insurance proceeds <laughs> tax-free when you, when you pass away, 
Um, if you're disabled or sick, you have the disability waiver on your policy. Your premiums are waived should you become sick. And your benefits of your policy stay in force. So it's really a very comprehensive plan. People, you know, it's it's very, it's as we said, it's not this real exciting topic and people yeah. really look forward to it. But um, if we look at it as another just way of you could take care of yourself, you can take care of others at any point, at any stage in life, um, it kind of changes the narrative a little. Absolutely. Well, let's talk, you, you mentioned something like covering your mortgage. You know, um, when I went into business 37 years ago, um, mortgage insurance was looked at as a different product today. <coughs> mortgage insurance is what Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or FHA charges you know, when you're putting a certain amount of down payment down. But when I started actually in the early 80s, everybody said to me at the closing or before the closing, look, neither one of us can pay this mortgage payment without the other. And I don't think that could be more true today. It's most people are a two income family. Um, are you, is that, pro I mean, I don't see that that often. I, I, that, that's amazing to me in the mortgage business that people are not buying a certain amount of insurance just to take care of that mortgage in case one spouse predeceases the other, which they always will, you know, mm -hmm. other than, God forbid, a car accident or a plane crash. You don't go together. You don't pull a Romeo right. and Juliet. Yeah. Is there still that mortgage insurance product at a fair price for, and again, I'm, I'm not even into 62, who knew yet, for those people in their 30s and 40s buying that quarter of a million to half a million dollar house, but if one of them goes, they're going to have problems with that payment. Is that product yeah. still out there? Absolutely. Well, it's it's not really called um, mortgage insurance any longer. It was really referred to that for the longest time. And I do have some people that, again, are referred to me that will refer to it as mortgage insurance. I just bought a new house or I just um, took out a loan. Um, I just started a new business. So they have this triggering event because of buying a house or refining or becoming a new business owner and investing where they had to loan money in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. And normally in that kind of case, and again, it's all about listening to my client and fact finding what, what, what is it that brought them to me if it wasn't an advisor um, where it's very clear. Um, but again, oftentimes I'll have an advisor call and say, they just bought this new house, this mortgage is huge. They wanna make sure that heavens forbid something happens to them, that their kids don't have to sell the house. They're right. small ones, you know, little <laughs> children, that their kids can maintain and, and stay at the same school that they're going to. I mean, imagine, heavens forbid, the, the loss of parents or a parent, and then you have to sell your house because you can't maintain the mortgage, and then the children have to change schools because maybe they went to a private school. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, a certain standard of living that they would like their family to maintain. And that, that becomes pretty important to a lot of people. It's, it's a risk management tool. Mm -hmm. and you you're, know, really yeah, and you're mentioning the basics, school, home, but you know, again, how about the kid when he's 16 or 17 and wants a car and needs car insurance and and um, you know, there's just so much more that the kids need as they get older and older. Um, and when you're not there to help them, it, it is life insurance that's gonna do it. So now let's get into our demographic. That 55, maybe let's go a little lower, 50 to 60 year old person. Um, obviously, if you're in great shape, 
you're a perfect weight, you're a non-smoker, you're a non-drinker, you're really very boring, obviously. Um, those people are not going to have two, uh, you know, don't do any drugs whatsoever. Those people are not going to have a very difficult time getting life insurance for a, a reasonable cost. But now let's go to reality. Let's take your host here, who's slightly overweight, um, you know, high blood pressure, on a couple of medications, um, 61 years old. If I wanted to increase, because I took some bad advice about 10, 15 years ago before I knew you and your dad, and I had X, and they went, you know, your kids are older now, and it's getting very, very expensive, and you only bought it to protect your children. You're doing well in life. You're going to be leaving your children something. Um, you probably don't need this much longer. You're just paying out a lot of money in premiums, and for what? Your children are older. They're doing well. There's, you know, and I thought, you know, that, that makes sense. Um, and then the recession hit. I lost everything, and now I don't have enough life insurance for my children at, for the first time in my life. Can someone at my age that's not terribly unhealthy but not exactly an Olympic swimmer, um, can you still get insurance without it being, I'm not going to say cheap, that's a stupid word, cost prohibitive? Yeah, you know, it's like we said um, before, this is, it's not a one size fits all. And I think it's Especially very. At my weight. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very important, no matter who someone is working with, um, that they have a myriad of companies that are open to them to use because it's not a one size fits all. Mm. Because today, more than ever, we have seen such a multitude of options, all ages and all health concerns. Um, before, like you said, it was tip top health and and no no past treatments of any kind all all the things that you mentioned today the underwriting world is really completely different but every company out there kind of has this kind of of sweet spot for them so if i'm talking to a client and they have um, a history of cancer and it really doesn't matter what kind if you've had a history of breast cancer um if you have heart disease of some kind. If you are a tobacco user from cigars to vaping, which is very popular now, to the insurance industry also having to modify and look at people that are using CBD oil and marijuana. Before, if you had HIV, there was there was nothing out there for you. That's not the case now. People are living yeah. much longer, as we see with HIV. It's, not a, it's no longer this terminal death sentence yeah, it's so many it, things. there are options and the insurance industry has come to understand this and to underwrite according to that so if you've had heart conditions heart surgery before height weight charts are so much more lenient today <laughs> there are a lot of viable options and there are even options for 65 and under from <coughs> zero years old, from zero years old of, of just being born, really? you have a social security number to age 65 with a, a handful of companies that are a simplified issue. Paper app, you don't even need a paper application. You can apply online. You can get up to a million dollars to some of these companies um, and possibility of even waiving an exam because you're having a phone interview. So these are things that we really didn't, we didn't see before. 
And it really has opened up the door to say, you know, we're going to listen to each client. We're going to hear what their health concerns are. When did their cancer treatment end last? Where are we now? And really take this whole kind of organic approach to it to say, we'll be able to offer them something. And if that person originally wanted 3 million or 1 million and they come back with a certain tentative rate class because I'm able to look at all the companies and speak to their underwriters that we had all these relationships with for 51 years now and say, is this the right company for them? And, and this is what their health concerns are. Um, we could say, well, maybe this isn't quite as affordable for you as you were thinking. This isn't within your budget. So let's reduce down to 750000 instead of $2 million or whatever it might right. be in that particular case um, because it is so flexible. It is so flexible. And having something, something for your family or for you, is, it just it, it makes a difference. I've seen it. And, le and let's face it, if you did have a goal of a million or a million and a half and because of age or something health-related, you were cut by the underwriter to seven fifty. That's still a very significant amount that is going to be a life changer to your heirs. I mean, a total right. life changer. So it's it like is. It is, and they and we also have with certain companies the ability where we can secure a policy, and then we can actually on a policy anniversary. Let's say they have coverage. We we were able to find a company for them. They had prostate cancer, let's say, and um, and then a year later, because they could say have some companies a five-year treatment, when did treatment end last, let's just say, five years ago, okay? Let's say you're in maybe your fourth year. We can get a policy for that person, let's say, and then a year later, we can reapply for reconsideration. So they already have a policy. We can go back, send in the new test results, the new scan of whatever it might be, and they can actually increase their, their give them a better health class okay. and then lower their rate. I never knew that. I never knew that. Let me yeah. ask a, uh, a self-serving question. You know, the average age of one of my clients in the reverse mortgage world is 68. That used to be uh, much, much higher than that, but thanks to the improvement of the reverse mortgage world, um, there are now more younger people using their equity um, to help bolster their retirement before it's a last resort. That, that you, You've heard me speak enough times. Um, you know, the old way of thinking was your equity was the last thing. That's your last resort. The new way of thinking has been for a while now, and it's finally getting across to financial advisors. Why not let your, your portfolio, your assets continue to grow and use your equity now so you never run out? But let's talk about a 68-year-old person and still, one of the downsides of a reverse mortgage, <clears throat> even as somebody who loves it as I do and is passionate about it, is the fact that the interest is, in fact, accruing. So if you do, in fact, borrow $350,000, 68 years old, on your $700,000 house, and you live to be 90, 22 years, and even at a great interest rate, 22 years of accrued interest, that money that you owe is going to at least triple. You're going to owe in excess of a million dollars. Now, that's not that much different than a 30-year mortgage. People never seem to get that, that if you right. actually took your 30-year payment and times it by 360, which is 
360 months and 30 years. If you times your payment by that, you would be paying back two to three times more. But as a reverse mortgage, it really hits you. Can that 68-year-old person with reasonable health, I didn't say great, I didn't say terrible, reasonable yeah. health, when they go to their financial planner, goes, no, you don't understand. You may be alleviating your $2,000 mortgage payment. And that sounds great, but your heirs are going to get $1.5 million less. Right. That person at 66, 68, let's stretch it to 70, good health, average to good health, there's still something out there that they could do to help pay off that mortgage when one of them dies? 100%. And that's incredible. 100%. No question about it. I mean, I work with, like I said, a, a multi multiple insurance companies. They all have top ratings. Um, I obtain all the health info from my client and find the best solution that fits them personally. You know, this would be the fact finding of understanding what is driving them to this and how it's going to help them. Okay. Um, but absolutely, that that's no problem at all. That's quite common. That's incredible. quite common for me to receive a phone call and help them out. I think we might have to, you and I, pound this down the reverse mortgage world's throat um, because many people don't take a reverse mortgage for that very reason, the love of their children. Yes, we would love to do it. It would give us such a better quality of life, but I really don't want that big of a mortgage on my house in 25 years. I want the kids right. to Right, it's scary, sure. Yeah, it's very, so that's incredible. Um, all right, so let's, you know, again, being a dinosaur, you know, the term you know, buy term, invest the rest, um, which I've never been fond of that term uh, because I have found most of my friends that did that 20, 30 years ago, bought the cheapest insurance possible and then squandered the rest. They never invested it. Um, right. What is your opinion when somebody comes to you or, or is it all about how much income they really have to spend? Do you go term? Do you go universal? I mean, cash value, what do you do? Or again, is it up to that person's income? Again, it is, it is, um, very personal to each person. So if, if I have a client coming to me because of their trusted advisor, normally we have a, um, you know, a tailored plan that we've already have in mind after getting the, getting the health information, making sure that the advisors included in the dialogue. So everyone is working at a, as a cohesive team and on the same page. And it, it's very different per person. Um, I, I agree with you. That's never been a term for me or in my practice of by term and, and invest the rest. Um, you just don't see people doing that, that don't have that advisor in their life that is kind of creating that engine to to move for them to push or they don't have that discipline yeah <laughs> they don't have discipline to do it um now of course if you do have term because i'll see that typically with the younger generation that they're buying the term coverage because it is it is the least expensive route to go yeah is to purchase term um and so i could see a younger buyer um, or somebody in college, I have a lot that I deal with in that are medical students or new, really? new, yeah, because I've worked with the AMA before. Um, and so it's a lot of physicians that are new physicians, but they have an enormous amount of debt wow. that they've created from school. Um, and they'll buy term. And then they know that eventually I let them know that either we can 
cancel that and buy new coverage in the future when income is different for them, or that that policy is convertible to a universal life policy. Um, it will cost them more money, but it works very differently. It's like term is renting a house or universal life, you know, buying one. Mm -hmm. So um, it really is up to listening to the client. And again, as we discussed, many become normally very anxious and nervous about the whole process because they don't know what to expect. And so it's important for me to be able to put them at ease and explain the process to let them know that I'm really listening to what they value and what's important to them. And um, to go through the process as and make it as easy and comfortable um, and seamless as possible it is for them. Um, I oftentimes don't see my client face to face because I'm, I'm licensed in every state in the United States. Um, and so I do a lot through talking to them like I am with you right now so they could see a face to face um, or fly to different places to work with them as well. Um, but because things don't need so much of a, of a paper application these days right. and they can, technology has caught up, it enables me to be very mobile and to work with clients on, you know, in, in California, I was, when we were coordinating the other day and I had a client call with someone who's in LA and I'm here in South Florida. So it's, um, it really is being in tune with them and, and hearing their goals and their purpose for calling me and just kind of wrapping around their circumstances and tailoring the plan for them. Uh, well, I, I'm going to ask another question that I get, I think is obvious, but I could be wrong. You know, when I was in my early 30s and I did buy my insurance, I was amazed. It was how old do you do you smoke? Do you this? Do you that? Here's your check. You know, write this check. I'm assuming as you get into your 60s, 70s, um, that's not that easy. That this is going to involve medical tests, blood, urine, or does that also depend on the amount? Does do you go through more to get obviously a half a million dollar policy? And if somebody went, no, I want a three million dollar policy. Completely depends on the company. Um, again, we they have different guidelines. Every company has different guidelines. Some are very similar, but they're very different. So to be working with someone who knows all those caveats and knows the difference between what the companies are looking for is very important. Um, but like I said, we have companies right now that you know you can through a tele telephone interview, tele interview, mm -hmm. and all the the I could email them a link and they can apply online through the link that I send them from a particular company that we have looked at and decided upon. And it's electronic signature on my end, on their end. And I'm walking them through the whole thing. And then they have a telephone interview in some cases. And uh, most of those stop at age 65. Um, but again, sex. I said since birth and you have a social security number to 65 where we can do all of that pretty seamlessly and it's a telephone interview and then after the telephone interview the company can say based on some of these answers we would prefer that they also if they want to continue moving forward that we would like them to complete urine and blood and and you know, a physical in person. Yeah. And that's really easy too, because yeah. it's paid for by the insurance company. They can do it anywhere, typically someone's home or their office. They, you get the results 
you get the confidential results yourself so you can keep and maintain those and they'll run the whole profile Mm -hmm. um yes of course if it's um maybe a buy sell agreement and you have other paperwork involved with other business owners that are involved so you're dealing with another step of paperwork just to show the um the interest of why the insurance is needed and of course at much higher amounts sometimes we'll need a cpa statement or a financial planning statement to show that these are your assets (laughs) this is what your profile looks like and so the amount requested if it's 20 million or something of this kind is warranted and then really it's just uh, one added one added um, element in the exam which is an EKG or maybe a stress test or a memory test Mm. so when we get up in those higher amounts those other things will be added so the insurance company is just protecting their bases well you know you brought up something that I've never really thought of throughout the years you know, if that large amount is warrantable, uh, <clears throat> let's just say you have a, you know, a family guy that makes a damn good living. You know, he's not a millionaire. Um, he's got a house with equity and he's got investments and a 401k and a, an IRA and he's going to retire in, in quality. You know, but again, a millionaire, probably not. Mm-hmm. Could he say, you know what, this is what I want for my children. I want a $10 million policy. It may be more expensive than a man of my means can afford, but I would give up certain things to make sure that my two children each get $5 million. Is, is there a such thing of a company coming back and going, yeah, you make 60 grand a year. You, we're not giving you a $10 million policy. Is, is that even connected? Yes. Oh, it is. It is connected. Um, you know, what I'll have sometimes ask is from, from clients or prospects is, the I'm working, say, with the husband, and maybe the wife is the CEO of the house and stay at home taking care of the four kids. And being all of those roles that she is um, in, in this particular case that I, I recently have, and she's the, the chef and she's the cleaning the house and feeding the kids and taking them to school, and she's the Uber driver and all those roles that she meets. And the insurance industry has recognized that that has whoever is playing that role has a financial value to it. Oh yeah. And that if all those roles it, um, were to be added up, that that equivalency in income of that CEO of the house taking care of the children is about one hundred and sixty thousand a year. Easy, easy. And so. Um, I often will get, well, I really would like to get coverage for my, my, st- my wife, my partner, um, because if something happens to her and I'm at work every day and I'm doing surgery or whatever it might be, I need to make sure that the kids are getting, maybe I would hire a nanny, maybe you know, all these different scenarios. Everyone has a different scenario, everybody. And to just listen to what they say and what's important to them is so important to me um, in their overall plan. And so the insurance company recognizes <laughs> that. But at the same time, like you're saying, we are able to get them coverage. Um, but it's it's very much not black and white. No. Because I can have, let's say, a new surgeon and they know that he's going to start maybe at this salary. But mm-hmm. that is going to increase and oftentimes what I see is a contractual agreement from a company saying from 
the radiology place that they're going to work at now, that there's a step up every year. So that's recognized. I send that contract into the insurance company and I say, this is what he's at now. This is what it's growing to. And here are other assets. He just bought a house that is a $1.3 million house. He doesn't have any other coverage, or maybe he does. And it's all factored in. So the company will really look at the whole scenario and make a decision and come back. But I've had them both ways. I've had cases where insurance companies said, we can't offer what they're asking. It's too much. But when they see a next increase in salary or whatever it might be, certainly in disability insurance as well, yeah. then we can relook at the case. Um, and I've had companies say he can actually <laughs> apply for more. Typically, it's six to eight times the income and it of that you're making. I didn't know and that. then it's bracketed based on age. So the younger ages, companies anticipate you earning more later in life than the 65-year-old who is applying you know, they, they typically say these gearing up for retirement and it might be a little less, but the typical amount is six to eight times your income. All right. And, and I know you gave a, you know, an example of, Hey, if mom was gone and somebody else had an Uber and, and do all the things, um, you know, because he was out doing surgery and I know you do business with a, you know, a lot of doctors. Um, but again, to me, I'm always been one of those, blue collar kind of guys to me that is so important or more important to the police officer the fireman the 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 manager of the factory bringing down 75 grand you know they have no shot of replacing the ceo of the home um whatsoever right yeah yeah it's 100 percent true and um you know it, it's without even knowing it you're really touching on it because you know they those particular groups or segments that you've mentioned with firefighters or police officer. I mentioned teachers, especially teachers. Um, you know, what I have found truly there is a word of mouth because you, you, you know, I have a very close friend who's the captain of the fire department locally wrote him and, and they are, are given, I mean, they have group life insurance, you know, and it's not enough. No, it isn't. My son-in-law is a enough. police officer. It's not enough. They're doing it's what they can. Enough. I give them credit, the, the city, the county, the state, but it's not enough. And they recognize it. I mean, it's something and they need it and it's so important and they always opt in for it. Mm -hmm. But they realize that and then kind of it was once I wrote three of the police officers were in this fire department, then then it was, you know, my phone was just ringing saying, you need to help my friend, you need to help my friend, you need to help my friend, because you know what they're, they're talking about there um, late at night, and and boy, we're so grateful for them. Well, you know, they are the, uh, this is this would be a totally different show. I would do it with your father and Mark, uh, the, the disrespect at this particular point that our first responders are looked at by so many people in this country, specifically police officers, it's, it's a nauseating topic for me, but um, you know, these are our everyday superheroes. These people, as far as I'm concerned, should be wearing capes, the firemen, um, the policemen, of course, the, the first responders, the ambulance drivers. And now, um, I gotta tell you, our teachers um, are, are just now their first responders. They're watching out for the kid that, you know, may have a go into, you know, shock if he comes near somebody that had peanut butter in the last week. And they're protectors. They're just everything, the yeah. teachers. 
and yet these, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a totally different show, but sometimes in this greatest country, and it is the greatest country in the history of history, we're in a little weird shape right now. We're in a bad place, but it's still the best of the best. But we seem to have gotten uh, some of our morals and ethics ass backwards in this last 20 years. Um, I don't think it's been recently. I think it's been coming over the last 20, 30 years. But let's talk about that for a second. This hour goes by so quick, it's ridiculous. But let's talk about simply because it's a, it's a family thing. It's a personal thing to me. My son-in-law, Ryan, who I'm so proud of, who is a police officer right here in, in Tarpon Springs, Florida. If a 40-year-old um, manager in Publix wants to buy a million dollars in life insurance and a 40-year-old police officer or fireman wants to, I would assume, since the policemen and the firemen have a higher risk of dying, that there's going to be a pretty healthy difference in those premiums or no no I no if it's disability insurance yeah. we are talking something different because disability insurance is based on income and based on your classification is based on your occupation with life insurance it is not it is not based on that. It's it's a health underwriting. But now I can even insure someone that is going overseas in war. <coughs> but there are actually certain places that if you're going to visit, they can discriminate upon because there is a, a terrorism list. Right. Um, so there are certain countries that if you said you were going there for vacation or business, they will actually do a postponement or decline coverage. They'll say we can't because you're you're going to this location and it's high up on the terrorism list. But yet if I have someone um, that was in the Marines who was going overseas to Israel, um, it was it was no problem getting them covered. Okay. Yeah, I mean I've learned a lot from you in the last obviously ten to twelve years, but in, in, in the last fifty some odd minutes. I'm not sure how close we are to the end at this point. John will put it up in a second. But I, I would have just guessed that, you know, the more hazardous your job, the more expensive. Yeah. So and let me go extreme only because this is really shocking me, to be honest with you. You know, you know, I own a parachute school. You know, I jump out of planes three, four times a week. I'm going to I'm my life insurance is going to be based on my age and health, not the fact that I jump out of a freaking plane. <laughs> well, there would be there oh, on there, every application, there is a hazardous, hazardous question. Uh, Do you participate in um, competitive race car driving, um, competitive skydiving, skydiving um, yeah. yeah, racing, boat racing, these types of things, horse racing, really? these kind of occupations. That's very and dangerous, it, horse racing. Yeah. <laughs> but then you'll also have on there how many times do you scuba dive? You know, really? do you scuba dive? And if so, how many times? What is your paddy rating um, or skydiving, like you said? Um, so if that, and that's one of the questions I ask them, of course, I say, I think that driving on I-95 could be hazardous. Yes. And we do that on a daily basis in a, in a, in a weapon that's going, you know, 60, 80 miles an hour um, mm -hmm. versus somebody who's scuba diving and that's PADI certified. Mm 
Right. So, but that question is answered yes, and it's always one of my fact-finding questions wow. to avoid any surprises. There's an additional form for that, and it would be a specific form. It will be a skydiving form or a race car driving form, um, something of that nature. And you fill that out, and depending on your questions, like the scuba diving will ask your depth that you normally scuba dive at, or if you've had any incidents before. And so they can say this is a bit too much of a risk, but if that was, we have another company to go to um, that accepts that type of risk, that accepts the football player getting tackled. I think I heard the other night on um, the Steelers game that Ben Roethlisberger has been tackled 800 times. Mm-hmm. 800 times he's been tackled um, in his career so far. And I thought, well, we actually have a company that would cover him. Wow. With what he does. What he needs is better coverage by his linemen. But okay, we, but you have a company that's <laughs> Obviously, we or have to talk to the front fighters. line. Yeah. You know, I have, I work with a lot of athletes. Um, and so I have UFC fighters, you know, that are in the octagon. Really? And it, it doesn't matter. We, we, can, we can secure them. <laughs> Well, um, I've got that to me, that's incredible. And I think that's, you know, I've always said that, you know, the mortgage world is is very unbiased. I mean, you can be 88 years old and apply for a 30 year mortgage and you're getting whether you're approved or denied, <clears throat> you know, is based on your credit, the collateral and your ratios, your ability to pay back. The fact that, you know, statistically, you're not going to be around uh, or not even allowed to consider that. Uh, I did not know that the insurance business was that not biased, that unbiased. I, I thought they kind of used almost any excuse, I hate to say that, you know, to raise your premium. That's an incredible thing to know. We only have about three minutes left, and just um, let's talk about disability. I can't, you know, you are going to come back, right? And it's not going to take 51 weeks, right? Right. Okay, you, you <laughs> promise, because 42,000 or 44,000 people are hearing this promise. You do promise, right? Because we, we do need to talk about disability, which is something, as you can see, I'm, uh, I'm coughing more this show. I, I, uh, the person that I wanted to be on the show the most for the last 51 weeks, sorry, oh. sorry, Mark Goldberg, you weren't number one, Marjorie. Was. He'll understand. He'll he, understand. He will. Um, <laughs> and, and your dad a close second. In fact, next time you come on, you come on with your dad. Um, but talking about disability, I mean, I'm mad at myself at 61 years old as I'm uh, deteriorating before the camera as we speak, um, that I don't have disability insurance. Um, you know, so people in their 60s, though, again, based on their income and their current health, it's not too late for me. For disability insurance. Right. Is it? Well, she's, um, she's hesitating, John. She's thinking. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually using because the force. I know too much. Yeah, I, I'm using the force right now, and she's thinking he's a rack of ribs away from stroking out, <laughs> and he's asking me about disability insurance. Yes, you do know too much um, about about. You everything. know, a good, a really easy way to kind of think about disability insurance is is it it mimics in a lot of ways um, long term care insurance. Oh, I'm okay. Right. And, and we didn't get a chance to talk no. about it and we so to. much. Yeah, and all the different, because, uh, you know, we have life insurance with the, the hybrid models now, which what? are remarkable with life insurance and long-term mm-hmm. care hybrids and fun 1035 exchanges that we're able to do and all these incredible 
delicious tax advantages that that they they bring and benefit and i'm seeing a younger buyer more than ever um do this type of policy and it and it's really nice to see because i know that they're really taken care of um in in every kind of way yeah. but with disability insurance it's it's really that income loss Right? right and so they are going to um discriminate if you will based on occupation and i mean I say rightfully, discriminate. So. We use rightfully so we use that term, yeah we use that term sometimes but it, it that, that occupation gives you your classification with the insurance company they have to put you in a class of an occupation right because they're securing your income based on your occupation and you know actuarially and statistically is the life insurance industry so they're going to statistically rate you <laughs> we have 10 seconds and left so, so you are going to come back with your dad we're going to do a panel show five seconds left thank you so much wonder woman for being on the show thank you so so much join us next week stay on so i can talk to you after the show thank you everyone